Welcome to the Functional Fitness Podcast with hosts Dave and Paul. This podcast will cover topics on training, nutrition, and mindset with a sprinkle of interesting guests to motivate and inspire you to live a fitter, healthier, happier lifestyle and have fun doing it. There you go, new podcast jingle in the house. Hope you like it. Uh, today we're joined by Sean O'Brien, former um, Ireland Rugby International and currently with the London Irish, and Sarah Rowe, a local Ballina legend who is with Mayo GAA and Collingwood AFL recently. So we got to talk about lockdown, uh, their training, nutrition, and some mindset tips that I'm sure you will really enjoy in this one. Really enjoyed this talk. Thanks again to Sarah and to Sean for their time. And we hope you enjoy it. And as always, leave us a like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy. So what are you doing with yourselves during lockdown? How is it looking for you? Well, now that we've got two kids, like you haven't killed each other yet anyways. No, we haven't, oh. killed, we haven't killed each other yet. No, here <laughs> longer hands. Um, um, no, we've literally just been training, I'd say, twice or three times a day. Yeah. Okay. Anything to keep saying? <laughs> yeah, no, we're doing, we're doing, we're sticking to our programs. Um, so have you been given specific programs from clubs, obviously, that you have to hit? Yeah, well, it's kind of a, it's more so a general one at the minute because of the lack of equipment, etc. Some people have, but I was lucky enough to um, to order some stuff before uh, when I left London, and that came last week, Monday, Monday. Yeah. and last Monday. So anything oh, yeah. kind of that I need in my program was in that kind of kit that I got, and then obviously we're able to run in the um, close to the house here and stuff. So yeah, well that way we haven't deferred um or gone away from the programs too much so it's it's nice okay. yeah it's kind of just like um lucky enough again like we have equipment so we can do there's certain amount of stuff with me i just sent it on and show them what what equipment we had and then he came back with the program and um, for me like it's two uppers two lowers two yeah. speed sessions and then three running sessions as well so yeah. And then other than that, we're just doing the odd body weight kind of circuit type thing. Yeah. So we're both your seasons. Was the Australian season cut short as well? Yeah. So we played and um, it was into the final round. So it was like there was three or four games left. And um, so they went straight to finals and we played two games behind closed doors. So there's no crowds. That was kind of weird. Like we weren't allowed to huddle up or anything like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. I see so them elbowing each other instead of high-fiving in the men's. Yeah. Literally, and then someone would score a cracker of a goal, and you'd be like, "This." <laughs> um, so even like that. So yeah, we went to Brisbane, and like families were just told they weren't allowed to go and stuff. So then, and um, we lost the last game on a Saturday, and then the Sunday the season was called off. But there was kind of that feeling anyway that it was going to be called off, and it was the, the last two games were weird, and you were like, you wouldn't really want to win a premiership yeah, yeah. with every family and friends there anyway. And is there any, like, what's going to happen in the future? Are they going to play the final? Like, is there plans for it? Or Yeah, this is the part we don't know because, like, no, men are obviously, like, rugby and everything, like, you know, people are losing their jobs and they, everyone's getting pay cuts and everything. So mm-hmm. it's hard to know what will happen with the women's game. They've said that the, like, sign and trade period is meant to be finished in the middle of April, but now they've pushed it out to the end of May. So I think it's just all up in the air. Yeah. Disaster. What about you, Sean? You just got one game back, didn't you? Is your season cut yeah. short as well? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, look, there's no been no official announcement actually yet of um, whether the Premiership's going to kick kick back off at any stage or whether it's going to be completely canned for the year. So the numbers are really going up over there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah clubs are going to struggle because um, you know they're all privately owned, um, so you're reliant on owners being grateful, uh, players taking pay cuts, etc., to kind of keep the club afloat and. I think what you will see in the next few months, in fairness, London Irish have been very good in terms of the way they've dealt with um, the whole thing in terms of communicating with players and other clubs haven't. They've just done it to players in terms of pay cuts, uh, okay. staff, let go, etc. So it's, um, it's quite, an unt- uh, it's quite a f- kind of a weird one because we're not sure where we stand either in terms of we know that we could... Um, survive until September or October um, September, October probably but after that it's you know if games aren't resumed it's there's, there's, there's no money coming into any clubs so yeah, it's, uh, it's quite um, an unnerving time for us as athletes I suppose um, because we don't really know our future because there isn't one at the minute and there's no yeah. uh, there's no plan in place as such but yeah I only, I only played I played uh, 48 minutes, first game back. We had a week Money's off. Money's <laughs> we, had, we had a week off the following week. And that then was we were injury, was it? Yeah, I had a, I had a hip resurfacing done, so I had 10 months of rehab. And that's been, it's been brilliant now. I'm like a new man since I've had it done. There you uh, go. He's, ne- he's nearly keeping it up with me on the running track. <laughs> <laughs> she brought you down to uh, the cross country in Bleak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I schooled around the hills, so I schooled around the hills. Um, so she's she's the she's the the long distance athlete. I'm the okay. short sharp, short sharp. Yeah, yeah power. They're not competitive at all. The two of you, anyways. I'd oh, say it's very, we literally very kill each other when we're on the track. <laughs> we're training together. Well, I don't. I don't. She gets a bit upset. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, it's it's good. It's good to have um. It's good to have each other. I suppose to. Yeah. To do different things and um, keep training away and pushing each other too. So it's, yeah, um, at least you have that competitiveness in training. Anyways, you want to keep. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a healthy one. What does it look like <laughs> for training? What are you, what kind of stuff are you doing? Are you doing like? Have you got deadlift gear? Have you got yeah, yeah, have you got yeah. We have we have a hex bar. We have a bench. Um, oh, okay, one sec. There we go. There you go. Sam, can you hear me? Down the bottom left. Yeah. 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 yeah sorry about that. Sorry. Sarah's not the most. Um... You deal with this so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is your first Zoom call. You're doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> go on, talk to me about what training looks like. Yeah, we have we have a hex bar, um, a barbell. We've about um, two. We have two hundred kilos worth of plates, um, a few dumbbells, and TRX. What else? Uh, oh, flying, so. Salt bike, um, oh, and all. Yeah, so we we're, we're, we we can do kind of everything. We have uh, we can do everything. So basically, at the minute our lower body is deadlifts, uh, lunges, lunges, lifts. Split squat. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Step ups. 
all kind of rear chain stuff. Yeah. And the conditioning element is I, I run twice a week and then two do two um off the conditionings. Sarah has three running sessions of you. Yeah. yeah. Speed, three couple speed. of speed. And then two uppers a week as well. So we're we're actually we've we're quite lucky to have what we now have. more than ever. Yeah. Well that's, that's the other thing. We're probably yeah, because you're kind of sitting around the house, you're um, mm-hmm. you know, you're planning out your day around your training and it's 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 good. And we're cooking food with nice, healthy food as well. So that keeps yeah, us going what, as well. What's your food looking like? Have you have you people now that are giving you stuff with food as well, or is it just all on you now? Um. Well, we we kind of Daniel David Nutrition is, I suppose he'd be the man that we go back to with our stuff and Evan Regan as well. Um. Who's so the first is that the who's the first guy? Daniel Davy. Is he um, gonna, he's the guy with the cookbook, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Lester, um, in Dublin. Yeah, he's very good, very good. Uh, explains things in a real simple manner, and same same with Evan. In fairness, down here, he's been yeah, very good. Evan too. on Evan on last week or the week before, he's really good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, very good, very knowledgeable, and really loves his job too. So we kind of we kind of have our own bits and pieces that we. Um, no, well, we definitely need to feed Sarah. She gets very angry. If she <laughs> yeah, that's actually fair enough. As if I actually, in that part, my personality changes straight away. I'm different. Snickers. The diva comes out. Oh, literally. But yeah, Evan's working with the Mayo lady, so he yeah. is like, you know, he he get, encourages someone to post a healthy meal every day, put it in the okay. group and give the recipe and then nominate someone else. So you okay. kind of help accountable that way. And then I suppose... Good idea, actually. I might try that. Which? I might try that with our group. It's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really good, yeah. actually. It's, it's a snack and a meal every day. So okay. someone different is always doing it. So just kind of... I suppose people get creative then as well. But the thing with Daniel and Evan, both of them are just like, it's such simple food. There's no like... Yeah weighing from anything you don't have in your cupboard there's yeah. none of that so it's just so easy to do what they they try and implement just whole foods and what kind of what way are you structuring your nutrition at the moment so the, remember the last time i was around you were doing a, like more so paleo based kind of type yeah thing. yeah we've we've tried to take it back and make it a little bit simple i'd say if we were doing the stuff now that we had done back in seven years ago or 2013 we'd be lynched like so we're, we're, we, we were very kind of restrictive. We, we had people not having wheat, dairy, processed food, that kind of stuff. So they were literally like protein, small bit of carbs, small bit of fats or whatever. We tried to bring it back. We actually don't do a whole pile with people on um, nutrition now within the first 30 days anyways, just because we find that it overwhelms them too much. So it's like, what's the yeah. simplest thing you can do now? And for us, it's like, if you can aim to get protein at each one of your meals, you're going to be recovering yourself from your sessions. You're going to be feeling fuller throughout the day and you're not going to be picking as much. And you're just going to be a little bit more stable. and a little bit full. So that's where we'd look for first is to try and get people to figure out what their protein is and, and where they can get more of that into the diet. And then from there, it's like you can talk to people about managing calories and like keeping them within. The, the main bulk of our members are looking for fat loss like so we have to try and get their calories in a place where they're burning more than they're yeah. consuming, you know? Calories in versus calories out. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. But again, people don't like counting calories either, you know? So we found yeah. that like, 
just focusing on the training element of it. Like if we can get people consistently training and actually enjoying training. Um, we've moved to a small group personal training kind of model. So whereas we would have been a lot of classes, heavy classes, like four or five different circuit and weight classes a day. We've now gone to like small group personal training. So it's like four people on one coach. They're 45 minute sessions and they're just a little bit more kind of structured and it'll be more on the stuff of what you guys are doing instead of just exercise we're actually training people so we're we're more trying to focus on that and then at the end of the day i think for our our guys they know what to eat and what not to eat but it's trying to get them into the headspace of i actually don't want to eat that now because of my training and because of this so working more on their mentality and trying to pick reasons for themselves why to do it rather than us saying, all right, eat this and eat this and eat this. Whereas we would have in the past been like, right, eat this, eat this, eat this. And got really good results. So we're looking more for balance now so that they can train and still live. And are you getting good results that way then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still getting really good results. Like, you know, it's obviously it's going to depend on different individuals are going to get different results and going to take to it a little bit more. Everybody's got different things going on in their life. So like, we're winning if they're even in the gym is the way I see it, you know? If they're yeah. even there and they're training and they're being consistent, we're, we're winning that way. So it's not, it's not something that I stress about anymore, what people are doing with their food. If they need yeah. help, we have all the help there for them that we can give them. But I'd be more worried about their mental health and about them actually physically training and exerting themselves rather than worrying what they're putting in and out of their mouth. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. hard to hold people accountable to that as well and to really? actually... And I'm sure you see it in years as well. Like I'm sure in in the profession. Yeah, it's something that a lot of people just—it's hard to get right. It's definitely yeah. a hard thing to get right. Yeah, it's it's the hardest thing. So we try and just simplify it as best we can. If we can get our guys having as much protein in each meal as they can, like we aim for about one and a half, two grams of protein per person. But even saying things like that, to them, it's like you're like what? Yeah. Yeah, they don't really care. If they're training in in our eyes, they're winning, you know. And if we can help them with that and help them keep moving and if they lose a little bit of weight on on the far side of it then it's all well and good you know yeah yeah what what was your biggest change going to australia nutrition wise compared to like bringing in the professional aspect as to bringing in the amateur of scale well i before i went to australia last year i kind of stuck with daniel um a good bit and then this year i had you know a bit of daniel and a bit of evan as well and but we had our nutritionist over there and like she was really good, but like that, it was, they were just doing skimfuls, and um, you know, they're not the most accurate thing in the world, but with Mayo, we've gotten DEXA scans, so that was the best way to tell, um, and for me, it was that I needed to put on muscle mass, so I needed to um, just eat more, yeah. Good place to be. And that's just, some nights I was just like, oh, saying to Daniel and Evan, I, I feel sick, like I'm, I'm too full now. Um, Would they give you a certain calorie target to hit every day? Yeah, around 2,600, 2,800. Um, like, What's yours, Sean? Yeah, I don't. Less. I, I, <laughs> yes, yeah, I do less than that, so I would, because I have, I have two bad, oh, well, I have a good thing and a bad point. I can put on weight very quickly if I'm not looking after myself. Yeah. I can also put on muscle very quickly if I'm eating clean and well. And yeah. Um, I can maintain it without having a massive amount of food. Yes. So I'm enough in that sense, but yeah, I probably Sarah probably have two more snacks a day than me. So okay. I probably have kind of three meals, maybe one snack. 
the difference between our diet is that he probably has like an extra serving of meat or like an extra egg an extra piece of bacon or whatever mm. it is he'd have maybe just one extra kind of thing that way than me but then i'd snack more throughout the day and okay. um, i'd probably have three to four we'd probably have four meals a day and then two snacks and mm. um, um, he would maybe only have one snack and do you pre-plan what you're having so that you're not like picking or something else doesn't squeeze in there that's not meant to be in there like is it rigid or is it fairly free it's not, it's not, it's not really rigid but in fairness if we cooked um I, I've gotten into batch cooking a good bit because I suppose being in London, you're living on your own, etc. You might as well just cook for kind of four meals for yourself for that Surely week. you should be a sponsored athlete by this stage, Sean. You should have someone cooking their meals. Right? I'd rather cook it myself. <laughs> I actually, I actually quite, you quite enjoy cooking when you get in on it. But yeah, yeah. Um, we like for you're today... You're not at the moment, so you're not doing too much cooking. I'm sure we're taking it in turns. <laughs> <laughs> Living the good life. We have, um, what did we have last night then? We had one pot meatballs last night, so about 500 grams of mince ready to go to make um, some burger burgers for lunch today. Um, so that kind of thing. So for preparing something, we'll kind of keep something for the next day or for a snack or etc. Yeah. And same with, it's the same with banana bread. But I kind of... Um, I kind of stick to the similar things every week. I yeah. don't, I don't go too far away from what I know and what yeah. I enjoy as well. Um, but having said that, it's all kind of and cooking nowadays is healthy. So yeah, like we like realistically, we eat more or less same thing every day. So we'd have like porridge in the morning with like fruit and um peanut butter. Yeah. So obsessed with peanut butter. Then we'd have um kind of like a lunch would be like. Brunchy type, type thing, like again, like eggs, bacon, turkey bacon, whatever, loads mm -hmm. of vegetables and um bread, or else like an omelet, um, and then we'd have, then we'd have like some sort of kind of we might have a like Greek yogurt and a bit of fruit again. Absolutely. Then we'd have maybe if we'd leftover, say like chicken curry or like we'd say a turkey mince stir fry the other day, we'd have that as a snack without rice, say. Okay. And then with salad and stuff, and then in the evening, then we'd have like proper meal, like sweet proper potato, um, whatever your meat source is, loads of vegetables, and then again in the evening we'd either have like a treat. Yeah, it might be, might be, it might be the banana bread that you might have, or it might be uh, like something that you've made that way, something. something that you've made like batch batch cooked again, so it'd yeah. be to cook ten of them in the fridge, but. That's the tricky thing about this time of year or yeah. this, I suppose, uh, type of circumstance where you're in the house all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you can't cook too many. If they're there, you're going to go back to the fridge and keep cooking, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, uh, if they're clean, if they're clean, you've got some sort of hope. What do your yeah. um, supplements look like then? Like, what, would you have any staple foods in your supplements that um, you would have you pick? Or? Well, I'd have a protein shake after a gym class just because it's handy even though I don't like the taste of it at all I just take it because I know that within 20 minutes it's good to get there so I'd have a protein shake and then we'd have fish oils zinc magnesium is one I use as well and then I take creatine I'm not taking it at the moment I'm on a break but I normally take creatine throughout the year and throughout the season and um, just to try to keep muscle and weight on um, but you don't yeah, really need that. No, no I, I'm, I'm lucky that I don't need that. But I'd have, 
Nah, not really. No, not really. No, food. Try to try to get it in. You, he'd have protein in his porridge every morning. Okay. Yeah, that'd be that'd be actually yeah the only time I'd have a scoop of protein probably in the porridge. Yeah. Um, what else? No, I'd have fish fish oil fish oil every day, multivit and CBD. CBD I've started on in the last mm-hmm. year or so. So how do you I'd find have, that? Yeah, I I don't know if I notice much change. In fairness, maybe on some hard days. Yeah. Um, you're able to you're able to go again the next day pretty hard again, yeah. And you wouldn't be feeling as fatigued, but I suppose the proof would be I haven't been taking it long enough to see a dramatic yeah. change yet. But yeah, definitely some days when you do wake up and you're kind of stiff and sore or whatever you may be, you'd be surprised how well you're able to get through the next hard tough session. Yeah. And so maybe it is helping with recovery, etc. Did you notice much with the creatine, Sarah? Yeah, definitely noticed the creatine. Um, Recovery-wise, I think I recovered way better. Mm. And I also could lift, I'd say, I progressed a lot in my lifting. So in general, I got stronger. But it was it was more so, I'd say, like, say if I could lift 40 kg, um, two weeks into taking creatine, I could lift 47, say. Or yeah. If I was deadlifting 100, I felt I could do 110 kind of thing. There's a yeah. lot though with your mindset. But there, obviously, yeah. no, obviously loads to do with my mindset, yeah, as well. And yeah. um, like John was saying with my mindset in the gym, I suppose sometimes it's just a habit as well. Like you get into a stage where you're comfortable um, with lifting the weight that you lift. Whereas what he said to me, which I thought was really good and found it really beneficial is start as high as you can and work your way down rather than starting low and working your way up obviously do your warm-up sets and then say like deadlifting if i'm deadlifting say 120 go with 125 and then you know the worst you can do is fail on that and then just take off the weights mm-hmm. so that for me made like i felt like i progressed way quicker and also doing down sets as well i felt really good and um, was really helpful like with my say bench press like last year last season i was probably bench pressing like 47 kg and this year i was benching 60 and um, for five by three so like it was a significant improvement and same with the deadlift probably lifting about 30 kg heavier than last season so um, and yeah, it's, so really it's a really good point because people that have come into us would be the same they'd be comfortable and they'd be swinging the same kettlebell or they'd be lifting the same weight did you find it hard or do you find it hard to put on muscle then yeah, definitely. I definitely do. And that if I'm one not... Of the, one of the biggest fears, like, is that when women lift weights, obviously a lot of the women that we've had will be thinking that they're going to get big and bulky. They'll look like Sean yeah, yeah. at the end. Yeah. It's bloody hard, though, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, re- yeah. it's actually really hard. Like, as in, I need to be eating well in a surplus and I need to also be lifting four or five days a week. But sure, I'm only lifting maybe three days a week. And even at that, I think I did put on um, a cage G and a half, two, two, kilos. two kg of muscle this season. But, but, but to look at... But it wouldn't, I don't feel like I look yeah. different. I probably stopped yeah, leaning. It wouldn't, it wouldn't look any different. That's, yeah. that's, that was kind of my point at the start. Like my clothes year. fit the exact same, if not fit better. Okay. Yeah. I, think, I think for female athletes, it's when you hear about weights, it's, oh my God, I'm going to get big or, or my arms are going to get muscly or whatever. It's not the case unless you are absolutely eating like a horse and doing five gym five you know heavy weight sessions a week like 
Mm. It's just genetically not possible for girls to get to that place. And like, the only thing I described, the only girls I can see that are able to do that are those uh, world crossfitters. Yeah. And God, how, yeah, and you got God only knows how to get some of the muscles they have. So yeah. Yeah. I've never seen an ordinary athlete, you know, get on massive size. Um, by lifting too much weights. By lifting too much weights. And even for us, like even for some guys, like some lads are lucky. I'm quite lucky I can put on muscle mass quickly. But there's some guys with us that are like would be doing two, maybe three extra weight sessions a week and they still can't get, you know, the size they need. Yeah. Um, or want for yeah. them. So yeah. it's I think it's a perception out there maybe for definitely for female athletes that if you lift you get bigger and bulkier, which isn't the case like. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That is really good. Um what how was the transition, Sarah, into the oval ball from the gate ball? Um that probably part of it wasn't actually too bad. Like I picked up no. the skills pretty quickly, but it was it is fine, like you didn't is fine. But it's something that you probably don't fully back yourself on more so okay. like if this goes wrong, you're fine. But I can do it like when I do it all the time in training. Yeah. Um, but it's it more uh, also the ground balls as well when the ball is on the ground in yeah. distribute between a few people like to get down and get low and get under the ball and put your head where a lot of people wouldn't. So and doing that without actually injuring yourself, I used to win with my head up. Because that's the way I go in with the football to see what I'm going to do next. But you yeah. get to say straight away. Yeah. A bit of rugby training came in handy. Yes. For good. good. <laughs> so like I, I got a good one there, anyways, from rocking. Yeah. <laughs> last year, like I like oh numerous times, just had like kind of black eyes here and really sore nose because I kept going in with my face. So I learned to put my head down over the ball. So a few little tips and tricks like that, but it was more so the understanding of the game and the rules, which was that was hard to pick up on because you're working off instinct as well. Like when you're playing football, you're getting the ball and you're turning straight away. Whereas you have to get the ball as soon as you mark the ball, you have to stop and slow down and yes. all that stuff. So I found that hard. And even if you're a person on the mark, if you step over the mark, you give away a 50 meter penalty. So that's something that can happen really easily. And um, also if you're just like some of the rules are just hard to understand. How do you adapt to the tackle? And um, yeah, that was kind yeah, of from the big man. Yeah, I literally like was. I think my first training session, I was running along thinking I could take on two or three players, and then mm. I got hit from behind. That's the thing as well with it. Like you have, you can never prepare for getting tackled from behind. You can never prepare yourself. So, um, it was when that happened to me. Then I was kind of aware of what the game was about and knowing that I can get hit from any angle. There's been. Like the amount of injuries, there was 18 ACL injuries in this season in the women's game, which is crazy. Like, there's wow. the injuries are gruesome. And is that um, like from, is that like from actual tackle impact onto the knee or people's? A lot of them actually or? have just been them turning, but like I'm mm-hmm. like they do that in football, but it must be because they're under fatigue from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but there also there's a study going into seeing like women and their menstrual cycles as well. And because there seems to be a correlation between that and girls doing their first shift. But it's huge and load management, yeah. The load management, I think, over there is, you know, they're doing 10, 11K a session. Right. It's a lot, like. Yeah. Um, that, that definitely, well, I'm not saying it definitely does, but for me, anyway, looking in as an outsider, 
and from listening to some of the the guys that do our GPS, etc., like it's it's a lot going through your legs every week in training and then to go play a game. So that might be something that might pop up for them maybe uh, when they do look into it. But mm. we like if we had it's funny in our game if we had anything that was uh, flagged in terms of our GPS, like you just be pulled from the session. Um, you know what I mean? If you're if live you were, stats there and then, and if yeah, they see if you hit top speeds or you've you've ran your high speed meters for that day, they just pull you out of the session and go. That's it. That's that's where we wanted you. So you've done that and massive. Yeah, because the week the weekend, like like you often ask people, oh, when's the most important part of the week to prep to prepare, etc. And they tell you, oh, tomorrow evening's training session. It's like I always say, it's Saturday when yeah. whatever time kickoff is. That, that's the most important time. Yeah. So. While while you have obviously have to train at a high level, etc. Come the weekend is when it when it really counts, you know. What's it been like to see the transition of rugby and like going to GPS and stats and pulling off the pitch from where you were like when you were eighteen, nineteen, starting in Leinster Academy? Yeah, sure. It's it's I suppose it's revolutionised the game now as well. You know, in terms of the information that's out there and the scientific. Uh, proof now that's out there um, and like for us for me over the last kind of six seven years we've been trying to get to a place and train and on just one day a week now so Tuesday would usually for every rugby setup would be your hardest day of the week and we were trying to get to a place for 45-50 minutes of non-stop training but at a higher level um, than a game so when you get to a game you're quite comfortable in in being uncomfortable really so you're quite comfortable being uncomfortable but Brilliant. Um, that's the way we used to try and train on a Tuesday is that at such an intensity that it was higher than anything we'd come across on a on a Saturday for instance so Tuesday would be our hard day Wednesday would be off Monday you'd have a, a, a kind of a kind of three quarters you'd be building for the Tuesday session and then yeah. Thursday you'd be starting to back off again Friday captains run Saturday game so Tuesday of every week is probably the most important training day for us in terms of getting to where we need to get to in order to perform at the weekend. But um, you What know, does recovery look like then? Like from how, how, how high or how intense can that Tuesday be after a Saturday game? Like I don't know how you go week to week. Like. Yeah. So that's, that's the trick as well, I suppose. Um, it's probably something I wasn't very good at at the start of my career. Or and wasn't self aware either of it. Um, and in terms of the way you eat directly after a game, the way you you make sure you try and get get as much sleep as possible within that forty hour period, and you know whatever you need to do to get yourself ready for Monday. But when you go in on a when you wake up on a Sunday morning, you're obviously stiff and sore. And as you get a little bit older, it's when you wake up on Monday morning, you're even worse. <laughs> so and then and then you have to go and train. Um, so on a Tuesday, I suppose Monday is a day about resetting and reviewing the game and parking it up. And then you go out and train. But training is not at, at a massive, intense level. And it's not that long on a Monday. But then Tuesday is where you have to ramp it back up and get that hit that you need for the week and, and train at a high intensity and get a good blow on again. So it's... But I, I, th I think, like, to answer your question, it's... You get into such a routine, you don't. Um, okay. It's, it's not a. It's not a thing that you really think about. Of yeah. going, oh, Jesus, I have to go train today's yeah, one. It's not a chore for you. No, it's not really a chore. You're going out there and you're, 
you're you know what's coming on a Tuesday, and you just get on with it and get the work done. And uh, it's more so a battle upstairs in your mind to, to make sure you're ready to perform as well as you can on Tuesday to get yourself ready for Saturday. What does your um what does your goal setting look like? Like, do you set individual goals? Obviously, you're going to have team goals and stuff like that. Do you look at it as performance-based goals or like how how do you set your own goals what do you look for um yeah well there's a few things um i suppose i went to um a life coach there about four years ago and she i thought she was a psychologist at the time but she was actually a life coach and she would always do a lot of that stuff with me. So we do goal settings and, you know, what does it look like? What does it feel like? All that kind of like imagery kind of type stuff. But um, as well, since I met Sean, um, it was an interesting thing that he said to do. Like, so go and set your goals on things you want to achieve for the year. So like write them down, which I did do in January, wrote them, wrote them all down. But then also looked at all the players in my position who I felt were, say, better than me and to analyze their performance in, in a few kind of categories so like their nutrition their gym their yeah. running their lifestyle whatever and analyze what I felt looking from the outside that they did that maybe might have been better than me and where I could kind of improve so that has been something that I did with um the AFL season I did I compared everyone in my position in from the other teams and then I did the same in um, Mayo. So I found that really good, really helpful. Just to kind of, I suppose, self-reflect is important to see actually where you're at. Because you can kind of think in your head until you actually think it out and write it down, you actually don't really know where you're at. So it's good for me. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's an exercise I done years ago where I suppose you compare yourself, you choose the best, let's say, 10 players in the world, for instance, and you and you write down where they are in their lives and you mark them out with a score of 10 in terms of their lifestyle, professionalism, their game knowledge, their physical abilities, etc., etc. And then you self-reflect and, and truly mark yourself out of 10 then as well. When you look at the scores and the differences, um, you know what I mean? You'll, you'll actually find a lot of things that are distractions in your life. For us as sports people, you can't have distractions in order to get to the top of the pile, for instance. So I found it usually beneficial years ago when I'd done that. And it gave me, it gave me just one thing to focus on for that year. And I had a kind of a mantra of, because I like shooting, I had a mantra of just one bullet. So every, every shot I took, I made sure it was a, it was a good one. Um, whether that be playing this week, next week, etc. Um, so it's good to actually compare yourself to people who are the best in the business. And then you, you, you remove all the kind of distractions out of your life that or the derailers, as I call them, out of your life that may be putting you off path. So an example of that, for instance, would be some of your friends. And it's quite a tough one because some of your friends might, mightn't be sporty. They, mightn't, they might go out every weekend. They might, have, they might eat a lot of bad food. But when they like when they're in your company, they you have to actually just say to them, "Look, I don't, I don't want you to bring over chocolate this evening. I don't want you to bring." You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's yeah. that's actually a small thing, but it's a derailer for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Um, because like no more than anyone, I like I kind of I would have a sweet tooth, 
Yeah. But I just don't, like, and Sarah tell you, I've often, someone might come over to the house with a box of sweets or something. Throws them in the bin. I throw them straight in the bin. I, I, I know it's terrible throwing out food, like, and just people to heaven in the world. But, but it's I bringing you away from your goal. It's bringing yeah. you further away. Yeah, exactly. And um, there's a lot of things like that you learn, but definitely self-reflecting and, and, uh, and giving yourself small goals. I suppose for injuries and stuff for me as well. Yeah. It, was always, it was always a daily kind of goal. Yeah. Right? How can I get better than I was yesterday in terms of rehab? And what are the other little bits and pieces that I need to um, try and get better at while I have this time? So it was never a case of doom and gloom. It was always try and, be, try and get better. Um, there's always an opportunity, I suppose, with, with things like that. Yeah, like I'd have um, a notepad as well that I did a lot where I ticked three boxes in the evening. So it would be like whether I ate well, slept, had a good sleep and hydrated well. And they would be three things that I felt that I could control all the time. So then I'd be holding myself accountable. And if I didn't, I'd have to just put next and, you know, move on obviously next day. But I'd be aware that, okay, right, Monday I wasn't great. Tuesday I wasn't great. Why wasn't I? What was going on inside my head that I wasn't great then? Because like often, I suppose, eating, I think for women especially anyway, a lot, sometimes it's like, emotional eating as well and nine times out of ten it's what's going on upstairs that makes you say eat a lot of bad food that you'd actually feel guilty for so and we try to keep the uh, balance project we allow ourselves treats and all that because you have to Mm. to keep you sane but it's just to be aware of when you are eating bad why you're eating bad as well yeah so i think the big thing they're coming from is that you set an overall target of maybe the top 10 or whatever people in your position and then you break that down to your daily Yes. that you need to get every day and then you're reflecting always to see where am I steering off course what's derailing me what can I do better yeah and then I suppose to go to someone around yeah as well and ask for their feedback on you as well because often people around you can see something that you can't see as well and be able to take that on board is important as well which is sometimes hard to hear because there's right, times yeah. where it could be your coach could be your friend whoever your parents yeah. whatever but it's sometimes hard to hear, but it's yeah. important as well think, to listen to that too. I think yeah. on that point, it just serves if you're making it as well, you have to take the, whether you're a man or a woman, take the emotional part out of it completely. And like, when you go to a good friend of yours and you say, tell me what you really think of me and tell me where you think I go wrong at times. And they tell you straight between two eyes. You have to take, you take it and you, you assess it and you go, right, well, how am I going to fix this and how am I going to get better? Um, where, you know what I mean? They're kind of, it's not, they're not awkward conversations, but sometimes in the past when I've went to, to certain people, coaches, uh, teammates, etc., and said, what, what, what do you actually think of me right now? And where do you think I am in terms of what do you think I could improve on? You, you're quite nervous actually oh, listening yeah. to answers because some of it is going to be negative. Yeah, people don't want uh, that so you kind of have to remove the emotional part out of it and just take it on the chin yeah I think sometimes in sport as well like you could say have a bad performance and you kind of get paranoid that people are saying oh she didn't perform well or he didn't perform well and you think people are talking about it but once you actually go and have the conversation with a coach or a teammate or whatever and you talk it out and say look this is how I felt um, you can get over it much quicker because then you don't you take out that kind of paranoia part of it that you're like I actually know where I stand now and yeah. so that when you search for feedback you get that clarity I suppose 
do you do anything um, kind of to protect your mental health? I was not just in football, but obviously you've got people pulling off the social media wise and all that kind of stuff. Do you do any breathing? Do you do anything to remain present, to remain grounded? What does that look like? Yeah, well, yeah, in, in terms of when, when I'm actually working, we do mindfulness every day. So it's only for, it's only a 10 minute block, but it's, um, I suppose mindfulness, it's a, it's a very broad and open kind of spectrum out there at the minute. And a lot of people have different opinions on it, but if it's, even if it's to relax for 10 minutes and concentrate on your breathing and you get nothing else out of it, only a switch off or you, you know what I mean? Or you think of the day ahead, it's, it's good for you, I think anyway, to definitely do a little bit of something like that. Um, you know, in your daily routine. It, to be honest, I haven't done it since um, I came home. Um, but I suppose we, there's a few things to kind of, you have a few sayings that you might say to yourself at night that we've recently started, um, which is more about positivity and stuff. So there's bits and pieces. I think, I think find what works for you, whether okay. it be mindfulness or whether it be um, being thankful at nighttime for whatever it may be. And yeah. um, so when I was over in Australia, I started studying um, NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. I don't know if you've heard of it before. And um, that and hypnosis. So it was an interesting one because... I'm the, actually hypnotized here now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when I went to that life coach, she was actually an NLP coach as well. And I just found her like, just so good and I've been to loads of psychologists and all that like sports ones and all that but she was by far the best and just the way she got me to think about things and you know the way she taught me as well how to talk to myself and my subconscious mind and all that and realize that like I had a choice in what way I wanted to think and so she I found her amazing so studied it and so that's what we're doing at the moment it's like a self thing every night before you go to bed but a lot of athletes use tools like this but they don't actually I don't that many people talk about it and mm. um, but the self-hypnosis thing is like 15 minutes before you go to bed is like that whatever you say to yourself then 15 minutes before you go to bed repeats in your head eight times more than whatever happened during the day so that's really important and that's why people say don't be on your phone don't be so then that's where we have this kind of it's like a mantra thing but you add a line to it every night for 15 days and it's like uh, it's just all like positive affirmations really about like attra attracting good things in your life but like I got my really? sister to do it my two sisters to do it and they were like we they were like I got up to go to the toilet in the middle of the night and that was just ringing in my head so it obviously does Powerful. work yeah so things Powerful. like that I suppose you're always testing and trialing new things as well so you're yeah. just able to read people now, you know, when Sean's lying. When he's... That's it. The eye, when I see some, his eyes going a certain way, I know when he's lying and everything. Oh, I, can't get away I can't lie anyway. But um, <laughs> I think that's, that's the positive side. Of it. The negative side of, of certain things like that is that social media, obviously, is, is a major one at the minute because you have people, um, you know, behind a, a keyboard firing stuff out there, whatever their thoughts are. And, they're entitled to their opinion, obviously, some, sometimes, but, um, you know, I'd, they'd never say it to your face, some of the stuff. Exactly, I suppose you're coming, you're coming under scrutiny every weekend because if you have, if, you, if you're at a certain level, and that's what people expect from you all the time, but if you're anywhere off that level, even 5 10%, you know, there's always some smart arse out there going to say something about you. Yeah. 
But in terms of that is that I kind of have this thing where it, it, it never really bothers me that much. Um, I'd often take Sarah's opinion or my best friend's or, um, you know, my family's opinion all right after a game or if they were critical I'd say right I'd reassess that but you, you kind of have to have a thick skin nowadays mm. um, but on the other hand I think something has to be done with these people that are going on trolling different people all the time and, you know um, it's it's hilarious but um, it's yeah, perspective it's hilarious. I suppose as well a little bit is it like you seem to have a decent perspective on it whereas I'm sure other people are like what the fuck is this like how is this person yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose as athletes, you get you get it a lot, you see. So it's you kind of how would I describe it? You come, you become a bit numb to it, and you just go, "There's another one of those boys," you know what I mean? Or there's yeah. another one of those girls. But that's just, uh, I suppose, it's the life we're living in now and the times we're living in too. But um, I always explain but, it to Sean like as if you were say commenting on someone on TV like Beyonce or something I was people don't think that she's actually a real person at times and people don't realize that she too has emotions as well so that's the way we kind of uh, the way I look at it anyway is that they don't know that Sean's actually reading what they're writing so they're just writing it kind of off the top of their like just it's easy off the tongue for them so it's just they kind of that's the way I, I think of it anyway we would, they don't I, think he's a fake person or yeah, I wouldn't um... I wouldn't read the papers now written after games, even if we'd won games or anything like that. Um, haven't done. I suppose when you start out your career and you kick things off, you always have this. It's nearly around you the whole time because of family and stuff as well. Yeah. Like I, I know, like my, my mother, for instance, at home would have folders of paper clippings and bits and pieces like that that I wouldn't even have known half of it. Like. Yeah. But she would, you know. And when you go home, then she go. And what about this? And what about that? And you'd be like, what? I didn't even, you wouldn't know half the stuff. But It'd be great to look back on in a few years. Yeah, it is nice to look back on, I suppose, in years to come. But, um, you know, you kind of, as, a, as an athlete, then you, you, you become oblivious to it all and you just block it all out because one week you're great, the next week you're terrible. And, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. If, yeah. You, if you start letting that stuff bug you and, and get in on your head, it's going to affect your performance. Yeah, it's like everyone, like there's, there's even people in at our level, you'll be have people who'll have a great week and then have a really bad week or one bad week and three really good weeks. But I think when you're able to control the controllables like you're talking about and you have your breathing, you create your space and you put a different perspective around it, it becomes much mm -hmm. easier to deal with them sabotages or negative thoughts or anything like that. Yeah, it's definitely when you get out of them habits that things start to kind of break down a small bit. And it's, it's like you say the most dangerous time as well as when you're at the top of your game because that's when you have to look around your your shoulder that's when you're probably going to get hit again so it's to constantly stay on your toes with that and also to like you said you have a good game one week and you're a hero the next week and you're down under and people are giving out about you so you have to try to keep your emotions at a steady state at all times be it a good performance or be it a bad performance you can just keep that steady enough and never get too far forward or too far backwards. That's brilliant, yeah. Um, talk to me about when you were growing up. Who was your sporting heroes? You both played lots of sports younger, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I probably, football was my game. I was suppose. it, yeah? Yeah. yeah. What position? It says it all the time. What position? 
If we're in butter, unbelievable under a high ball here. <laughs> we're in butter in the middle of the field. I used to go out there, um, but no, I, I I used to love football, and um, I know it's Carlo or whatever. But like I I gave up then when I was my, at minor level. Did you play minor? Yeah, because of rugby. Yeah, but football was probably my first game. I played hurling too, but um, rugby. When I got to about sixteen with rugby, I started to kind of say I really, really, really enjoy this. I love football as well. I always have. But, um, yeah, no, idols growing up, I would have said um, the likes of Keith Wood, uh, for me, Victor Costello as well in Leinster in Ireland. Um, I used to love a second row people, Ulster people that love him. Paddy Johns is his name. He's absolutely filthy on the field. Um and I didn't really know at the time, being a young fellow, of how bad he actually was until you get into the system and you start chatting to lads about certain people and you hear more stories about them. But they would have been lads I would have looked up to. And and then at, at home, I suppose, some of the county players, even at that time, I used to love going and watching all the county games at home. Um, and yeah, so they, they would have been my few people. I would have just stuck to football and, and footballers from home and then a few rugby players from the province in Ireland? Um, I didn't really have that many, but I do remember when I was younger, Dan O'Hara ringing me when I was in like a couple of months ago, school final and sent, wished me best of luck. And because she was from down the road and stuff, I thought she was, I remember they won in All-Ireland and there was like a bonfire down the quay for them. So that was the only kind of exposure. You wouldn't have saw too much women in sport really at the time. Yeah. But like also like David Brady and Jerry Brady and all them from down the key, you'd always be um I'd always remember them as a child. But Did you watch them last night on Tina G? I didn't, we've recorded though. Yeah, we said we watched it today now. Yeah, I heard it was great though. Yeah, it's very good, it's very good. Um do you miss the soccer? Yes and no. I like I really enjoyed it um playing when I was playing like under 15, under 17, under 19, that kind of time when we were winning games and all that. But it just, it was kind of like, football was always my first love. Like I'd love to think that when I'm in a few years time, when I'm retiring from sport, that I'll go back and kind of play it casually again. But okay. um, don't miss it. Like I still rather football, but um, I do miss it at times. I miss the girls that I played with. Cool. Um, I won't keep I'm, you. I'm saying I miss soccer too. Did you play soccer? I did. Did you? <laughs> <Good man. laughs> what position? I played Kennedy hey, Cook and Limerick. Hey, tell me alone. I think I was an ex expert at everything. Everything he does. <laughs> I played Kennedy Cook and Limerick, so I did. Fair place. In the ball. In the ball. That was a great yeah. tournament. Oh, it was just some tournament. We had some laugh when that's it. Are the memories of them as pure as the memories of being a professional? I, re I still remember the first goal I scored in that tournament because I was playing centre-back. And then they, they put me... I didn't score in the first game. I scored in the second and third game. And they put me up front for the second game. <laughs> just because I was... Just, just of Power. I, had, I still remember the header. I, I Headers. I was just going to say it had to be a header. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been my fancy footwork anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I, I used to love... like I, I still have fond memories of all that stuff when, it, when I was younger. Great crack. That's epic. 
That's epic. Who was the best? Um, I'm sure you get this one a lot. But who was the best pro you've played with? Best pro I played with. Um, I'd say in the last ten years, the best pro I played with probably would be Jamie Heasel. Really, incredible, incredible uh, professional. Uh, his level of detail and everything, um, the way he looked after his body, nutrition. He was ahead of the game and all that kind of stuff. He tried everything to become better as well. He actually had an, he had an oxygen tent in his house, um, pre World Cup camp one year. Wow. Um, so bits bits and pieces like that. He used to sleep in it the whole time. There was loads of loads of strange things. Just get his body adapted to training at a higher level like then when he come out of oxygen the altitude kind of tent oh. I'm not sure the science behind it all to be honest I, but, uh, I remember I remember the time saying is he gone is he gone crazy like sleeping in a tent in his room so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you see, your who would be your best the best person player you've ever played with we'll say Gaelic wise um tough one Tough one. Best professional. Best pro, yeah. Like who'd who'd look after themselves the best, etc. Um. There's a few there now. Schneekaf maybe. Schneekaf, she's down. our captain now at the moment. She looks. She's um. What's she doing in Dublin? She's working a nine to six job. Anyway, like a really technical. yeah. Actually. Actually, yeah. She's, working actually. she's just kind of an all rounder. She does that. She cycles to. Work. She looks after her body, and um, cooking wise, eating, and like her running. Her she's a machine to run. So yeah, she's probably the best one at the moment. Very, well, from what I know, she. I don't know that well, but she's very selfless as well. She's like puts puts the girls first. Yeah, so Sully, she's great. Brilliant. Yeah, as well. Gone turned inside out. Catherine Sullivan. Uh, she. Yeah, she had a, a few rough years there, but she's just completely turned herself around in the last two years. Just committed to absolutely everything and has bought into everything that's been thrown her way. So, yeah, them two probably. What about the best player you've ever played against? Who stands out? Oh, for me, it'd be um, Richie McCaw by a long shot. Yeah, the All Black Seven captain. So, he was um, phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. It just didn't. Every game he played, he was always he was always at a at a at a level that most of the lads could couldn't get. So you know, how playing many times against, did you come up against Pinchon? Three times, three times, yeah. So going on all right now, like, but one day I, I you you remember these players because you there was a test in New Zealand, two thousand twelve, and I remember. Um, you know, being in a really good place myself and playing really well. But I remember after the game saying, is this not ever going to go away? Like He was just one of these players that was everywhere where you were and always around the ball and busy and he was smart and incredible fitness. Um, from what I've heard and speaking to him himself, but from other players is that he had this natural running ability too. And some lads are gifted with it and some lads aren't, but he had that in his armory as a seven and he was tough as nails. So um there was yeah, he's definitely the best for me anyway. Savage. Um mine would probably be Melissa Duggan. She's a cornerback for Cork. She's just she's very sticky. 
and she's just really fast, really, really fast. Yeah, uh, Legends. I won't keep you much longer, right? We have 10 questions that we ask our guys. I'll bang them out to you and you can just answer them really quickly. Uh, favorite exercise in the gym? Favorite exercise in the gym? Um, deadlift. Yes. Yeah, I'd probably say the same, actually. Good man. Least favorite? Uh, pull ups. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to say the same too because <laughs> I've had a few shoulder operations and pull-ups aren't my friend. All right, so you need to get working on them. Um, go to healthy dinner. Oh, I go with um, a homemade seafood chowder. Um, I would be probably a chicken stir-fry. Has he treated you to the chowder? Yeah, we actually, this is a good one now. Mm. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah never ate fish till, till, till we start going out. And now oh, wow. she is on the salmon buzz now and would eat a little bit of white fish. But salmon, yeah, she'd eat salmon every night of the week now at the minute. And sa salmon. salmon teriyaki would be one of my favorite meals as well. Wow. Yeah. Um, go to fake away. Take away, fake away. Whichever one you want to ask, takeaway or takeaway? I'd go with, um, if I was to treat myself, I, I'd love a chicken and pepperoni pizza. Okay. Or what's He's that? been dreaming of the banana Chinese there. The banana Chinese. They're I still going though, aren't they? Chicken hot It's still open, isn't it? Still open, yeah. yeah it's Friday night. You can have it one could, it, could, it could happen in the next few weeks, I'd say. But <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that'd be mine anyway. I'd be like, I love like chicken curry or like Thai or that kind of thing. Okay. If I was to have one. Hmm. Um, movie or Netflix recommendation? I'm terrible. I can't. I Netflix, I've just finished watching the Uni Bomber um, two weeks ago, which was uh, quite good. It's actually based on a true story, but what else on Netflix? Um, there's been so Unibomber. much stuff. Unibomber, yeah, it's this good is, though. This is a quick fire question. All right, go ahead. <laughs> of course, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to say Mean Girls or Keeper by the Dozen. Mean Girls. Something chick flick. Now Joe watching with her, Shawnee. Oh my God. <laughs> Tips for isolation. Exercise and eat healthy. Yeah, definitely exercise and eat clean. Um, yeah. Cook and bake because it's very therapeutic. Mm. Legend. Uh, book recommendation. Any good books? Um, I read one recently, The Art of Communication, all about relationships with people and how it helps people to get to the top of their whatever their field. Um, I found that brilliant. Yeah, there's some um, there's some really good articles actually on LinkedIn from. Stuart Lancaster at a minute on leadership. Um, so if anyone's interested in that, go look it up. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. Thank you. Um, favorite hobby outside your profession? What do you do when you're resting with your time? Jesus. I'd, I'd probably say in the last, since I went to London, I'd say cooking is actually a hobby of mine now in the evening. Brilliant. Um, yeah, cooking.
which yeah. is sad enough. Simple things like yeah, cooking, going for a coffee. That's, that's just kind of basic stuff. basics. Basic. Clay, clay shooting as well, actually. Sorry, oh, I, that probably is my hobby, but cooking and clay shooting would be my hobbies. Do you have dogs at home? Yeah. Yeah. What do you have? I had um, a couple of Springer Spaniels and then two uh, German Pointers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Uh, tell us something we don't know about you. That's a harsh one now for you guys. That one's terrible. <laughs> uh, that. I should have given you time with these. <laughs> I have, I have my one anyway. Yeah. Carlo, Carlo, go karting champion two years ago. <laughs> True story. I thought you were going to say Bonnie Baby '87. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of one. Um, anything going for me? <laughs> All right, we'll skip on. Sean, this one is definitely for you. Tell us a bad joke. Tell you a bad joke. That's a bad joke. That's hard on what's, what's 18 inches long and hangs from a bollocks? <laughs> Daniel O'Donnell's tie. <laughs> he, he fake laughed there. <laughs> no, that was decent. It's meant to be a decent. bad joke. <laughs> Brilliant. Listen, thank you so much for your time. I didn't need to keep you as long as I did. The other guys will absolutely love that. No Thanks, Mary no Dave. No problem at all. Best of luck with everything, and hopefully you're not sidelined for too long. We can get back to a little bit of normal. Yeah, yeah please, please God. God. Best of luck with everything for this year or next year or however it may go. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, Bye-bye.